Hey there, my name is Ricky Smith, and I'm the founder of Random Acts of Kindness Everywhere, a nonprofit that simply does exactly what it says promote kindness everywhere. We know the world is crazy right now. If you are searching for a podcast that has a deeper conversation about race, my co host Angel Gray and I will be discussing everything going on right now on our podcast, Random Acts of Podcast, on Blue Wire Podcast Network. To find out more, go to rakenow.org. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to Land Parties. We are on episode 21 from the Review Journal, sponsored by betonline.ag. I am your host, Ryan Smith, and as always, with me is Lucas Egan. Lucas, how was your weekend? How are you, my friend? I am doing well, Ryan. I am in full-blown Last of Us 2 prep mode. I am ready to just just slog through this story and and uh you know as we've talked about before last of us two my most anticipated game this year so i i am all about getting ready for that how was your weekend ryan it was good i was actually watching my friend she uh went through all of the first one it was the first time run for her uh she went through all of that and the dlc like literally in a week uh it was fantastic <laughs> uh so that was good but you know I, I i played some games uh i chilled out i really like I didn't realize that, you know, especially uh, being like in the lockdown and stuff like that. And like times are kind of weird. Like my sleep has been all over the place. I've been taking like two naps a day. Like it's ridiculous <laughs> staying up to like five, six o'clock in the morning. I'm like, what am I doing? So I, I really had the opportunity uh, to, to catch up on some sleep. So that was nice. Uh, and, and very quickly too, uh, Lucas, why don't you introduce our guest that is here that was kind enough to uh, come and join us today? Yeah, we've got a very special guest this week. He's been a major power player, making a lot of big deals. And with a lot of different entertainment people, uh, for our audience, most notably, he's worked with Ninja and represented him uh, with the Adidas original deal, with some of his streaming on some Thursday Night Football in the past. And we are so excited to have him. And Arash Khalili, thank you for joining us this week. How are you doing today? Gentlemen, fellas, it's a pleasure. So, uh, we're doing good. It was a great weekend. Uh, still kind of hanging out in this pandemic uh, quarantine environment, but uh, couldn't be happier on a Monday to be with you guys. So I appreciate you having me, and it's a pleasure to be your guest, Ryan Lucas. Thanks again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to jump right into it. Uh, obviously, we talked about it last week uh, and just the impact of uh, uh, the current situations uh, that are that are happening. Black Lives Matters movement, um, the the uh, uh, George Floyd situation and whatnot. Um, so a lot of companies, uh, bigger companies, really, I feel like kind of took a, a step forward. They're actually speaking up. We had uh, uh, PlayStation and Sony. They pushed back. Uh, their reveal. We had a bunch of other companies, Hulu. Uh, I saw uh, Call of Duty and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of voices out there and and they decided they didn't, that they wanted to push uh, the event back. We've got an, an official date now uh, as to as to when that's happening. And and I couldn't be happier uh that and I, I figured too, uh, you know what I mean. It was a, it was a just the approach that they took. Uh, they were respectful to the current situation that's happening. Uh, you know, to let it take a breather, and then they say, you know, all right, this week on Thursday, uh, we get it. We we finally are gonna know what's going down. 
uh, with PS5. Yeah, it, you know, it's nice that that it wasn't too long of a delay. Uh, you know, a week, we'll take it. <laughs> and you know, I, I just as we've talked about before, Ryan, just, just excited to see some of these games, see some actual gameplay, and, you know, let, let's get the hype machine going. And with all the craziness we've all been dealing with, I am ready to get some good news and start that hype train going. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you know, it's it's... I mean, yeah, we're we're I'm ready. I'm ready. I think everybody is ready to see what they have. Um, again, hopefully we're able to see some uh, uh, we're going to see some uh, first party games. Um, they're talking about it's going to be, you know, and I felt like, again, this is kind of a jab at uh, uh, Xbox. They're talking about you're going to see actual gameplay instead of cinematics. Uh, so, you know, I, I love that. I love that little that little jab, too. Uh, I think that's fantastic. So. Um, yeah, I, I'm ready. I, I don't know. Like, I was kind of underwhelmed uh, when we got the technical specs of the PS5. But like, the closer we're getting to some of this stuff, like, I'm starting to, you know, it's like, I'm really I'm like, ooh, give it to me. Like, come on, I'm ready. Uh, so it, it's definitely working. I think they're they're marketing uh, what they've done so far is, uh, I, you know, just give it to me. <laughs> It certainly can't be any more awkward than the GDC talk that they decided to broadcast. Teraflops. <laughs> <laughs> Arash, do you, have, do you are you what are your thoughts on the PS5 this next the whole next generation of of gaming is is here on the horizon. Uh what are your thoughts on it? You know, my thoughts are it's a potential game changer. Um, I'm certainly going to be jumping in. I have two little kids and we're excited about it. I mean, I think it's a talk of the house for the kids. Um, you know, to your point, uh, you know, on the specs, we'll see. Um, I'm really looking forward to the launch now. So to your point, think that, you know, the companies took the right approach here. You know, these are very trying times for everyone. It's a time for reflection and realization. And I'm glad that they pushed it off to, you know, let us all come together. But at the same time, I know people are getting anxious for the launch. So it's going to be exciting. Going to be exciting. You know, as a, a parent, is there a price point that is going to be too high for you to jump in day one? Are you kind of watching this going, if it's above this price, I, I can't jump in yet? <laughs> I'm sure it's going to be above the price point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's going to blow the price point, but you know what? You're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out a way to make it work. Um, so I'm going to be, I'm really, you know, I'm going to be looking closely to see what they're going to do and see what new bar they set. Uh, for this new evolution of gaming. So I'm excited. Are you guys looking, are you guys going to be looking to, uh, are you, first of all, are you guys Sony guys or uh, or not? <laughs> I'm absolutely Sony. I went Got from it. being a Nintendo, you know, Nintendo as a kid. Uh, and then I moved to, to Sony and I've been Sony ever since. I've never there owned an Xbox. Uh, I do have the Game Pass, though. I'm not going to lie, uh, which is fantastic because now I can play right. Xbox games without ever having to own an Xbox. So it was a controller thing for me. I don't know. The controller bothered me. <laughs> well, I'm sure my friends at Sony are going to be very happy to hear that, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I am I am 100% a day oneer. Um, shoot, when the, the PS4 came out, uh, I got it on Amazon. If you remember, they shipped them out a day earlier. Right. I was at work. I had it shipped to my work. It came at work. And, like, literally, I was like uh, Charlie and Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. And I got a golden ticket. Like, I came back and I was like, Boy, look what and my wow. boss came over he was like just just get out of here uh go home you're not going to be any good today anyway 
So I went That's home great. and. <laughs> That's good so, yeah. stuff. Lucas, how about you? Are you on the Sony camp or? You know, I, 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 uh, I've been on the Sony camp lately. Uh, a lot of my friends jumped onto the PS4, so I kind of just migrated to that. Uh, I yeah. have owned an Xbox in the past and I do own a Switch too, so I'm not, uh, I'm not necessarily committed to one company or the other, but uh, mm-hmm. it seemed like the tide kind of turned as of late with the PS4. So that that's my primary right now. I, I've totally gotten to that too, where like I don't really care how what what system it's on. I just want to be able right. to play the games wherever I want to play the games. That's why I really, I mean, again, too, and you've seen uh, a lot of people are, are trying to push forward with this cloud gaming. Cloud gaming is the future. Is it there yet? No. I think GeForce Now has come closest uh, to something pretty solid as far as uh, cloud gaming. Obviously, we know that they have other issues uh, now with the publishers and, and, and that whole mess. Um, but I feel like like they're they're there but we also talked about steam doing it too so everybody else is is there i'm excited to see where they go uh as far as um with cloud gaming because i really do think that's going to be uh the future of gaming yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree with you more cloud gaming is going to be the future and as technology continues to enhance i think it's you're going to see more and more folks gravitating towards cloud gaming. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, this could be, I mean, there is the possibility that maybe these are the last consoles that we see. And, uh, you know, everything, everything, you know, they, they figure some other other way out or, you know, we do a subscription or so. I'm sure they, they're, they're working on all angles, uh, but they got to get that technology uh, uh, down path as well. So uh, we'll see where that goes as far as with that. Um, also, uh, I kind of want to shift gears here a little bit. Uh, I read an article, uh, earlier today, just about, um, how esports betting, uh, has, as far as the increase it's seen, obviously, uh, with COVID-19 and the lockdowns that we are in, uh, we, and we talked about this in earlier episodes, just how, you know, this is kind of the spotlight now on esports where they get to take the main stage. Cause everything is, you know, there's no live sports, there's no, you know, anything. And, you know, I, I really feel like, uh, this gave it the opportunity for them to say, Oh, why have we not been, been, you know, more invested in this sphere earlier, uh, regardless of that, um, I'm glad that it, it is, uh, uh, you know, kind of in, in the, in the spotlight right now. Um, and, and it, it's interesting cause they said that it makes, or it has made, I'm trying to find the figure real quick. Uh, but it was something like, a, a 14, all right. Yeah, here it is. Overall worldwide esports gambling revenue is expected to double this year to about 14 billion dollars. That is is some serious some serious money there. Those um, are real big numbers to put on the board. Yeah, but that, that is uh those numbers are going to get the attention of various industries. Um you know, because one thing is proven true during COVID guys is that, you know, esports is here to stay and that it's catapulted uh, for those guys who are at home streaming and gaming all day long, this is it's almost a godsend environment where their audiences are also captivated while they're playing. So um, for us as deal makers, the pipeline of deal flow has exploded during the last two and a half months. And those numbers reflect it. Yeah, you know, and and it's it seems like this is just 
a next step in the evolution of esports kind of becoming mainstream, so to speak. You know, being able to go bet on these things is going to draw in more casual fans that maybe had not devoted the time to check out some of these different leagues. And you have that different level, as we've seen, you know, in every other sport. If you can bet on it, you're going to be drawn in. You're going to have more of a stake in the game, and you're going to read more. You're going to watch more. You're going to follow more closely. And, you know, obviously being in Vegas, we're seeing the impacts just in some of the sports books taking some of these bets on certain leagues. And it's fun to see. It's cool to see this. And, you know, one of the positives, as we said before, through this whole whole mess we're dealing with is this has accelerated esports acceptance into the wider culture, kind of getting that last jump that had been missing that that we've needed to see that the the leagues take. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point, Lucas, It's becoming this is effectively was the path to mainstream. If you want to look at it that way. Uh, and, and, and look, I think it's just going to continue. Um, the momentum is here. It's been created uh, and it's here to stay. Um, I think you're going to see a lot more acceptance among homes. You know, a lot of parents with their children home during the pandemic have um, embraced the notion that their, their kids are gaming a lot more than they would have ever done before. So it's also becoming more socialized um, within families. Yeah. And we talked about that, too. Just this kind of the forcing people to immerse themselves in this digital or digital environment. Uh, whereas before, you know, there, there were ways to kind of circumvent it. They were forced to, you know, it's right in their face and they have to utilize it now. And I think people are starting to see, Oh, wow. I had no idea you can do all this with, uh, you know, I don't even have to leave my house. Uh, you know, so I, I, you know, there's, I think there's a lot of silver linings, uh, that have come, uh, you know, through this pandemic as well. One of them being, uh, esports. I mean, one, one stat in the article, it, it said that in 2016, uh, was the first legal esports bet. Uh, and then you had two more approved in 2017. Um, Nevada regulators have approved betting on 13 separate esports leagues and tournament tournaments since March. Uh, so that in itself, you know, shows just just how people are like, all right, well, we got to continue. You know, how do we continue moving forward uh, being able to do this? There's the esports route that we really haven't paid too much attention to. Uh, let's let's see what we can do with it. Let's approve some of this. And they started obviously seeing the money come in. And like, whoa, whoa, why have we not been doing this before? This is that first domino, you yeah. know, that that falls. I'll tell you guys, I'll tell you, you know, pre-COVID, I was coming out to, to Las Vegas probably every other week. You know, the casinos know that the future is going to be in esports wagering. Um, you know, I can tell you that at some point in the future, I don't have a crystal ball when, uh, as to when it's going to happen, but you're going to be walking to casino floors and the slot machine spaces are going to be reduced to a small piece of real estate and esports and wagering is going to be the future. Um, and the casinos understand that and they're working with the regulatory boards to figure out how, you know, how does, how do you make it happen? But to your point, the gates are just now opening. Um, and with these new recent kind of wink, wink, you know, acceptances of wagering in esports, there is going to be a time that you're going to be walking to a casino and you and I are going to be playing head-to-head uh, games and we're going to be wagering. The house will take its share and that's going to, that's, that's going to be the future. And especially with the next generation of people growing up, um, the casinos are all over it. Um, I visited many casinos where they actually already have earmarked the locations and the spaces within the casinos for that moment in time when it does, when a new regulations do catch up. 
Uh, so you guys are onto it. It's, it's, it's going to be a, an explosive revenue creator, not just domestically, internationally as well. Absolutely. No, I, I, I agree 100%. It's exciting. I mean, again, this is something, I mean, for me, the fact that I'm, I'm, the fact that I'm here on a, a esports and video game podcast, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, I could have never in my wildest dreams, but like part of my profession, I, I, you know, I play video games and talk about video games and stuff, you know? So it's like, right. I love seeing this, uh, become more and more normalized. Uh, cause there are, there are, there really are so many benefits, uh, both socially entertainment wise, you're seeing people, you know, uh, you know, I mean, kind of as to, as to some of the work that, that you've done and whatnot. Uh, I mean, you've worked with, uh, uh ninja, uh, you know, uh, it's crazy. I, I can't even like fathom like working out a deal or or seeing this, you know, this person that 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 has just come out of nowhere, not really come out of nowhere, but playing video games and to get to a level uh, like that has has been amazing. Uh, I feel like uh, for streaming, for video games, that whole culture uh, in itself. Yeah, I got to tell you something. It's been a it's been a one hell of a ride. It's been a it's been amazing working with. Richard Tyler Blevins, uh, AKA Ninja. Um, you know, he has set a lot of precedent in this, in the industry. A lot of folks may not necessarily appreciate, but a lot of the deals, for example, that um, we've done for Ninja over the years, you know, these are, these type of deals didn't exist. The paperwork for these deals didn't exist. It was creating deals from whole cloth. You know, how do you get somebody on a Red Bull can? How do you do a, you know, Adidas capsule collection? How do you get someone on NFL streaming live? How do you get, how do you pivot to mainstream and get somebody like a ninja, you know, to be on a mass singer show and then go into what I call mainstream media? And that has opened up the doors for um, esports players and generations to come. Um, and he is continuing to open the doors for players. And I think that that, that movement, if you will, it, it is one that just shows mainstream that esports is something that is here to stay. It's in being embraced and it's also being embraced by the mega brands, right? To your point earlier on this call, Ryan, the big brands are now saying to themselves, well, wait a minute, this is, this is a real sport. This is, this is serious stuff. We have to figure out how do we get in? How do we get in thoughtfully? How do we get in so we're accepted? You know, you know, so it's organic and authentic. And that's where a lot of the secret sauce comes from. You know, how do you marry, you know, the authenticity with the bigger brands and the esports community so it looks natural and organic and not something that is just another big brand sponsor? Um, so I think, you know, for guys like um, Ninja and others, you know, they're, they're setting the, the way and creating new economic benchmarks that would never wise other existed. Uh, and the paydays now are, are it's a dis disrupted the industry. You know, I, I'm interested. I don't know how detailed you can get, but if you can take me back to some of those early deals, what, yeah, how how were you pitching in it, and what sort of conversations were you having with some of these brands into to working out an agreement that would benefit both sides there? Lucas, I lost you a bit, but I think I, I understood the question. I think you know, for for traditional brands, the challenge has always been. First, do they understand esports? So I think there has been a learning process for a while. What is it, right? Because esports means different things to different people, even within the industry. Um, and I think as as the industry has evolved and matured, uh, and has become, you know, it's no longer like this is no longer the minor leagues. This has become the big leagues, uh, and you have the establishment of professional leagues and all these different functions. 
I think the big brands have recognized that, wait a minute, we don't want to be left behind. So in order to not be left behind, a lot of these big, big brands now are saying, okay, well, how do we align ourselves in this industry? What kind of deals do we do? Is it a shoe deal? Is it an apparel deal? How do we start deals? And, you know, the interesting is, historically, a lot of the brands have tried to mimic the way these deals are done with traditional sports, as we know it. But that's not necessarily the way it works, because esports is a much more complicated landscape of entanglement of rights. The way, you know, in traditional sports, you have media deals and the way sponsorship flows is much more linear. Esports is a little bit of the wild, wild west. So as we craft these deals and you negotiate these deals, you got to really understand how the industry works not to cause an entanglement of rights and to kind of separate the rights for the esports player, for the team, for the publisher. Um, and so a lot of the deals that we've done have been designed these deals from whole cloth is actually setting precedent in the industry. Uh, so I think, you know, the road or the doors have now been opened up for future esports players slash streamers slash influencers to come. And I think it's just the beginning. It's going to be just the beginning. Did you feel Almost a, a sense of, of pressure or weight knowing that you guys were setting the precedent here and knowing that, that you know, what, what you guys are deciding now is going to affect this long term? Yeah, I mean, that's an excellent question. You know, that's an excellent question. The answer is absolutely. Um, you know, one of the benefits we have is, you know, I also co-chair the firm's sports practice. So for the last 20 years, I've been representing professional athletes. Uh, and this goes back a couple of decades. So, you know, for me, a representation of a professional athlete with a professional esports athlete, it's almost a natural evolution. Um, and we had the benefit of understanding a lot of the issues that emanated from traditional sports, traditional sport, uh, sponsorship deals, traditional streaming deals. And so when we had the opportunity to do it again with a new industry, you know, it's kind of the lessons learned. Uh, we, we made sure that those issues that were unique to the players versus the teams and vice versa, we had the opportunity to get ahead of them, uh, and we've been trying to tackle it. And also changing industries is not very easy. Uh, you know, the, one of the advantages of being able to make a difference here is because a lot of people don't understand the industry very well. It's new, right? So with anything new, there's an opportunity. And we've been very opportunistic. Um, you know, they, there's one side of the equations where you want to protect the players, right, and you want to protect the streamers. And then the other half of the equation is, well, the brands need to protect their interests. And then how do you create something that harmonizes and creates alignment of interest so everybody can do what they do best? And we've been very fortunate. Uh, we've had the fortune to work with a lot of top people. I also represent publishers, developers, uh, media outlets. So we get to see all the different perspectives. But for folks like uh, Ninja, uh, it's been groundbreaking uh, across a number of different verticals from the apparel side of things to the gaming side of things to social media and otherwise. And also it's opened up a whole new pipeline of um, the next generation people. You know, I just finished watching The Last Dance and I was having flashbacks of growing up with MJ and how he created my passion for basketball. Right. Like, you know, the first pair of Jordans were like. You know, you'd, you'd, you'd probably count 364 days for Christmas to come that you get a pair of Jordans. And it was like, it was like sacrosanct. It's like, that's MJ, right? He's the God. And guys like, you know, Ninja have created that type of Nora in the streaming gaming world. And, you know, it's great. You have to embrace it. Not, you know, you don't want to fight it because all that does is it creates opportunities for the next line of, um, generation and, and players to come what do you i mean what, what what would you like to see here uh in the next i don't know five 
10 years or or what direction do you think things will be going? I said, you know, if I had a crystal ball, I, you know, I see that with technology, you know, we follow technology, right? And so what happens is, is that as you, we're talking about PS5 and what that technology is going to look like, we talk about cloud gaming, you know, we talk about, you know, the, you know, 5G band and what technologies, as technology evolves, I think gaming is going to evolve. Um, the way you play gaming is going to evolve. The, the type of games you play, I think you're going to have a much larger consumer pace, base of gamers. I think gaming will over time become more mainstream, uh, more accepted. It's going to be a household thing. And then I think you're going to have a, a different permutation of gaming um, where it's just a social norm. Um, you know, I'm working on deals where you have live uh, destination locations where you go to a live event. I like a think of like a modern day uh, Chuck E. Cheese where families are going to be going and visiting social events. We've seen all the new stadiums and arenas being built. Uh, so, you know, when you start talking about destination location gaming, you start talking about brick and mortar. What you start telling yourself is, well, this is going to be a, an interesting road ahead. And I think that um, when the three of us get together in five years for a drink down the road, we're going to look back at this conversation and say, wow, that was an antiquated time. Look at it now. And, you know, a, you know, AR and those type of things have not fully caught up yet. Right. You know, but but don't look at the technology of AR, what it is today is what it's going to be. It's going to be somewhere where you're not going to get nauseous or sick. It's going to be fully immersive. It's going to have all the, you know, the sensories adapted to it. So I think when you think about gaming and the intersection of technology and what it's going to look like, it's only going to continue to get more and more amazing, um, which is going to draw more and more people, both in the U.S. and around the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, and it really is. And we do know how how quickly uh technology changes and it's been it's been moving super fast uh you still got the younger younger technology with ar and stuff so who knows what that's going to look like in five years you know it's going to be it's going to be nuts it's going to be absolutely nuts uh araj you know thank you so much uh for for jibber jabbing there and we got to we got to learn a little bit more about you uh don't go anywhere though guys we're going to come back we've got one more topic to talk about i had to talk about destiny 2 and this live event that they did here this past Saturday. It was real cool. Uh, We'll be right back on the other side of this break. There's no shortage of action going on at Bet Online. NASCAR is back, and Bet Online has hundreds of other games, events, and sports to get in on. You can still bet on simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events 24-7. Or you can participate in a $10,000 Madden Bracket Challenge, a March Madness-style NFL simulation tournament you can enter for free. And live right now on Bet Online's YouTube channel, you'll find an exclusive interview with ex-Chicago Bulls Ron Harper, Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, and Craig Hodges to discuss the Michael Jordan documentary on what they're calling the final dance. Visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus and check out all the action. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. (laughs) 
And welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for uh, sticking around. And uh, obviously, we were back with uh, Lucas and Arash. And we just want to close out. Uh, there was a really, really cool event uh, that happened here um, online here on Saturday uh, where Destiny 2 Bungie, uh, they had an in-game live event. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of followed along this whole past season uh, where the Almighty, the ship comes in, and uh, it, it is threatening, threatening uh, basically all of humanity uh, and whatnot. We've been through this past season uh, upgrading these bunkers uh, for Rasputin, which is which was designed to protect humanity. Uh, what you're seeing now are missiles that are shot. This this took place over the span of 90 minutes. The first 70 minutes of it were basically these red streaks. So I think they could have cut down uh, on time uh, because that was kind of boring. But once it gets to the meat of it, like the last 20 minutes of it, I'm going to, I'm going to skip forward here. Uh, you really start seeing some action. Uh, I was saying that you see the ship, uh, come out of the sky. It actually pieces of the tower were broken off live during this, uh, during this event. Uh, so the environment changed live. Uh, I thought this was really cool. I wish, I wish, I wish I would have paid more attention this past season and I would have had I known that there was going to be a live event, uh, that would happen. You know, it's like, again, that to me uh, is a payoff. This, this past season has felt really grindy uh, to me. I've never really been a big fan of the whole Rasputin storyline. So I really kind of zoned out this past season. Uh, but I saw this and I was just like, I didn't watch it live. I wish I would have because I've never actually done any of the live events. Uh, I know that, you know... I think this is kind of, uh, again, too, that trickle effect from Fortnite. We've seen Fortnite be so successful uh, with these live events. I love the fact that we're seeing other companies uh, uh, do stuff like this. Uh, it was really, really cool. Yeah, it looks exciting. It looked like that was a lot of fun to to be a part of. Uh you know, Ryan, I know that the, you've been a big Destiny fan. Um, I, I played a lot of Destiny 1. I, I just never got into Destiny 2. Um, I, I do wonder how many people were in a similar boat to you, though. I, I wonder if, if, if you know, if, if maybe we could have had something like this happen sooner. <laughs> that would have been fun. Right. Um, but it, it is cool to see other companies take a page out of Fortnite's book. I think it builds not only excitement, but it builds that community in a game like this that is so important. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. Sorry, go ahead, Ross. Yeah, I mean, just no, no, just cut you off. I agree with you guys. Look, it's that the ability to do this in-game engagement. I think we're going to see more and more of it, um, more and more of it, Ryan. That's all. I just wanted to give my thoughts on that. I think it's going to you're going to see a lot more integration uh, of companies looking to do like this type of in-game mix-up where you get engagement. Um, I haven't played this game, but this looks fascinating. I love I love Destiny. I'm a huge fan. I've I am a vanilla Destiny player. I played it in beta, uh, and these are from the the creators of Halo. I never got to play right. the Halo series because I didn't have an Xbox. Uh, I did get the Master <laughs> Chief Collection though recently on PC, so I will be going through it. <laughs> but I mean, you can see in this, uh, you know, even in this video, there was a shockwave that happens that you know pushes people back, and and it's like it's amazing uh, that they're you know the level 
level they're able to do this on, you know, live while people are are in there. They just basically said, hey, gather at the tower at this time. They didn't say exactly what was going to be happening. Uh, so there was a bit of slow progression. But I feel like this last 20 minutes is an absolute payoff to anybody that has been grinding out on this season. Um, because, I, you know, this made me jealous that I wasn't up to date on the season. So I know for sure I'm going to be paying attention. I didn't even realize that this was something that they were considering doing. Um, so, you know, my uh, definitely, definitely my hats off uh, to them and, and just trying out something new and something different. You're absolutely correct uh, as far as like being able to, because we know very much so Destiny thrives off of their community. It is very much a community-based game. Uh, so the fact that they're doing cool things like this, uh, just given that that fanfare um, is is awesome. That's that little piece of the uh, tower that got knocked off when uh, uh, the ship came down. Um, so it, yeah, th- I just thought this was a cool, cool thing. And like, anytime I see see like stories uh, or these live event things, I think it's awesome. It's extra awesome the fact that I love Destiny. So seeing it in a game that I actively play, you know, and and have such an emotional attachment to, um, you know, it was was really exciting. Like you could tell, like I'm all I'm all grins because uh, it's just like yeah, you see it. I did it. <laughs> 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 that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, that was that was it, it was it was very cool. Um yeah, so that that's about uh that's about uh it as far as with that. I know that there should be a tomorrow, I'm sorry, yesterday as of release uh date, but uh on the 9th they're going to be doing a live uh I, I think on Twitch, uh but they're going to be doing kind of a roadmap of what the next season's going to be and then what their plans are for the fall. There should be a DLC dropping this fall. Uh, and then season 11 is supposed to start here, I want to say, in a couple of days. So they really haven't... Uh, they've dropped two trailers now uh, that we've been able to see. One was with the Drifter and the other was, I want to say, Eris Morn. Um, so, you know, I know the hype, the hype is there now, uh, right now with destiny Two. So we'll see what the kind of news, uh, they come out with and, and, and what we have in store for, ne- for next season. So I- I'm excited. If, if anybody is a, a destiny two player, uh, hit me up. I play on PC. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that's uh, I think that's going to do it for us here uh, at Lamb Parties. Again, Arash, we want to say thank you so much uh, for taking the time to to sit with us, jibber jab, talk about some video games, uh, talk about what you're doing in the in, in the industry. Uh, so it's it's exciting to be able to have conversations uh, here with people that have that have done some some meaningful changes and and had such an impact on the uh, video game world, so thank you. Ryan, Lucas, it was a pleasure to be part of the, the discussion today. Land parties, you guys rock. Um, I'm looking forward to doing this again, guys. Looking forward to, by then, you know, PS5 will be out and we can uh, exchange notes. <laughs> right. Yes. I appreciate the invite and the opportunity. Absolutely. Lucas, what do you got going on the rest of the week? I, I'm powering through The Last of Us. This is this is the time. This is crunch time. So I am I am all all my focus is on that. Absolutely, and I, I will just be. Uh, I thought about getting it. I I don't think I'm gonna play it again. I think I'm just gonna watch a video uh, before The Last of Us Two comes out. I just I just I know that if I get it, I'm not gonna actually put the time in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but I am excited <laughs> to play it, and I will be uh, I will be getting it. I'm still not sure. Uh, 
I, I need to pre-order it. I don't know if I'm going to, well, you know, it's, it's a uh, PlayStation exclusive, right? It is. Okay. Yes. I have no choice then. We'll get it on PlayStation. Uh, but yes, I am looking forward to it. Again, guys, thank you so much for joining us here at Land Parties. Uh, you can hit us up on Twitter at Land Parties Pods. Uh, we hope you guys have a great, safe rest of your week. And you know, I got to say it we love your faces. Thank you.